Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couch Politics. Uh, I am here today with Daniel and Manny. My name is Justin. And today we are going to be talking about our thoughts on the State of the Union address given by Donald Trump on uh, Tuesday of this week. Um, it was a bit delayed because of the whole government shutdown. There was a big showdown between Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump over uh, the State of the Union. But thankfully, um, we we got it, even though it was a bit late. But we got a State of the Union address. And uh, a lot of people were talking about a lot of things that were said. So, um, you guys, what were your thoughts um, on the State of the Union? And I'll go to uh, you first, Manny. What were your thoughts about the State of the Union? Um, I think it was a necessary, um, a necessary like speech for Trump. I know, like, it's gotten mixed reviews. Um, that the conservatives are saying it was a great speech, that the liberals saying it wasn't. I, I, like, I think in terms of um, a speech that fits Trump, it was good because he got to do what he's best at, um, which is a kind of um, coming after people and trying to... Uh, trying to play like the strong guy. So like looking at it from Trump's perspective, a good speech from his behalf. Now people can argue on the policies that he was saying. I think it played well um, for his supporters and it possibly um, kind of helped them recover from the whole shutdown thing. Gave him that strong persona again in a way. Um and this is me looking at it from a general standpoint. Okay. So, um, Daniel, what were your thoughts on the, on the State of the Union? I thought that it was um, a good speech for Trump. At least um, that typically when you think of Trump or the caricature of Trump, um, if you actually bother to watch it, um, I think you and and you actually bothered to listen to some of the things that he said. Like I don't think he came off as he usually does online throughout his entire speech. There are sometimes there were some points in the speech where I really cringed and I thought, no, nah, this guy's can't believe he said that. But he highlighted a lot of things that he did good in his tenure so far as president. So, I mean, I found. I found the speech to be slightly informative as far as uh, listing out a lot of accomplishments that he's done, and then also informative as far as uh, what are some of his, what are some of the things that he wants to get done, and also what are, what is some of the propaganda that he wants to sell to people. It's just a funny thing. Like every every sentence, there has to be a clap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's um, one thing about the uh, State of the Union address that um, I mean, I haven't been watching many of them. This is like I think the only maybe the second or third State of the Union speech I've ever watched. Mm. Never really had interest in it before. Yeah. And it's like, yes, and you know, we did this. Clap, 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 <laughs> and this right. happened. Clap, 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 and this clap, 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 and it's just like it makes the speech so much longer. It's like. Let him get like a good chunk of what he has to say in, and then have like a general applause. Let right. him get through the whole speech, right? You know, so um, 
Well, uh, speaking to what Manny said about and you also thinking this is good for Trump, uh, a CBS News poll showed that um, among people who actually watched the speech, uh, 97% of Republicans thought uh, approved of the speech, 30% of Democrats, and 82% of independents approved of the speech, and that's with a margin of error, error of plus or minus 3%. Hmm. So, um, hmm. and some people argued that these numbers were, were skewed because only, you know, the people who actually just watched the State of the Union were actually would be people who were, you know, either Trump supporters and not really anti-Trump, so they would watch this uh, speech, and thus they would have better opinions, but I don't know. Let's right. that, like, this... I feel like this speech was was basically the consummate Trump speech. I mean, I don't see Republican numbers being any lower. I don't think that Democrat numbers would be any higher. That seems about right, 30%. Uh, independence, 82%. That is, uh, I think, the most important number right, yeah. among this, especially going, going forward, because it seems that at least among people who actually watch the speech, 82% of them um, actually approved. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and that's the number. I think. Yeah, go ahead. No, and that's the number that Democrats should be paying attention to. Because I mean, hey, listen, we all know Trump's not going to turn like blue voters red. That's not going to happen. But right. it's the like independent voters that are going to matter in 2020. So I'm just saying that they need to keep an eye on the like independent approval numbers um right yeah for trump yeah. you know dan, dan you said there were some things that made you laugh and some things that made you cringe what was uh giving you like one thing that made you laugh and one thing that made you cringe during state of the union speech all right so i mean one thing that made me cringe was when he said um i don't have the exact quote but he said something along the lines of we can't have peace while we still have um, oh right, right. Investigation. Um, it was if there's going to be peace and legislation, there cannot be war investigation. That's ridiculous. I guess so. I think all right, all right. To be fair, now as you said it, you gotta take it. He's not saying that we can't have peace while there's investigation. He's saying we can't have peace while there's wars. Just as we can't have peace while there's wars, we can't have legislation while there's investigation. Either way, p- putting that in there just. Like, I don't think, I think the best strategy for him is to just not talk about the investigation. Just don't, don't bring it up. I, I would agree. I would agree. Cause I feel like it, even if you are innocent, it makes it really suspicious if you're constantly like, but these investigations are terrible. They shouldn't be happening instead of just letting the investigation just kind of, just kind of go mm-hmm. and just do its thing. If you're innocent in the end, we'll find out and you just walk. So, yeah, I found that to be, like, kind of cringy, too, right. that he would actually put that in the State of the Union speech. Like, yeah, basically all these investigations that you got going, it's not going to get – you can't have that if we're actually going to have legislation being done. I feel that's more something you put out on Twitter than in the actual State of the Union address. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, what, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, one, one thing that made you, like, laugh because you said there were some things that made you laugh. I mean, people clapping all the time was basically what made, what made me laugh. Um, I mean, something, I, I mean, anytime I could see Nancy clapping, um, or Nancy standing up, I thought that was kind of funnier just seeing when, um, 
or you know what's funny is to see democrats confused as to whether they should stand or not because what he's right right saying is good um <laughs> but you know one thing i guess one thing to go back before i guess to go back to a point that many had made in um listening to the reactions to the speech is is really revelating as somebody who's actually saw it um listening to colbert saying oh it was not a good speech or trevor noah saying oh it was you know it was pretty good for trump you know he was able to read the prompt you know he should be Mm -hmm. not for second term but for the second grade you know that was that was kind of funny but still um as you said what's worrisome is that if you're watching the speech if you don't like Trump, you're most likely not watching the speech. I I find that troublesome. I agree because it's like it's like I like I talked asked some people the other day. I was like, "Hey, you watch the State of the Union address?" They're like, "No, I'm not going to waste my time." You know, it's, it's Trump. He's a liar. Why should I watch the State of the Union address? Right. Yeah, I I find that disappointing. It's just uh, just ridiculous. Because how how can you ever know? At that point, they're only listening to Trump through the eyes of his critics and through the eyes of people who, who hate him. And right. in that sense, you are never getting a full picture of him. And it's not right. that the picture is even pretty. It's just to say you are like, just like purposely blinding yourself to, to what the news actually is and you are okay with um, news media just telling you what it was. Exactly. So Manny, what? How about you? What are some things that you liked about the speech? Some things that made you cringe? Um, well, I like like the whole like socialism thing. Um, I like the fact that he took a stance on that, and that, and that we saw about more than half, I'll say, close to like eighty percent of the Democrats like, that were standing up with him, and like even some of those who were sitting down were clapping themselves. Um, because there are certain concerns, like at least um, in America right now, with this new like generation that's pushing more towards like socialism, mm-hmm. and and I think it was a moment in which you saw that I'll say ninety eight percent of Congress is pretty much concerned too, and and. And pretty much that, um, pretty much made a statement um, by standing up, saying that they also agree that socialism um, poses a danger. So, and, and what's interesting about that? Because I actually, before um, recording this today, I actually went and read the the transcript from his speech. Um, the transcript that I read actually did not have that in there, so I'm not sure if that was actually something that was written into it, or he just got going. It was just like. America will not be socialist and just kind of add yeah. that. So, so, I mean, that, I, yeah. No, like, if I'm not mistaken, I think right before the State of the Union, like, they were saying that he was going to make, he was going to add some things to it in order to mm-hmm. attack, like, Democrats more. And okay. I haven't really looked into what he added, like, um, specifically, but my feeling is that he, added the part that he spoke about the investigation and the socialism part and maybe a third part um, 
in which he really like came after the Democrats because I heard that originally like the plan was to just like have a speech about unifying the country. Mm-hmm. But he, but last minute he wanted to attack um, the Democrats in certain points. I'm not sure if it's because he he party a center attacked him that day or something. You know, Trump he always wants to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, that could have been it. But he did add some things like into the speech um, last minute. I think that's the reason. Nancy Pelosi kept um, reading the transcript like uh, during the speech. Is that what she was reading? Yes. So if I'm not mistaken, I need to look into this. Um, But I believe that he passes out the speech to both Pence and Pelosi when he gets on the stage. Um, So I think that's what Pelosi kept reading. I'm not sure if she was doing it to like make sure he was following a transcript, but I think that's the reason why she was doing it. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird because like you you're looking at, at Trump and then in the background like she's like holding up like a the you know papers and it was like reading them, or like when like you know she would stand up to clap for him, he would like still be he will start talking again and she will still be standing there for like a couple <laughs> seconds before she sat down like like i could i could kind of like see it you no know, it happens That's once right, yeah. okay maybe you were like distracted by what was going on or what you're looking at but then it happened like, like twice <laughs> and like three times and it was right. like all right so this is a power move that you're pulling in the back yeah I think, part of, I think it was part of the act too like it was a few times where she stood standing up, and I was like, "Okay, what's going on?" Yeah, I was like, "Wait, but well, he—he's already talking already." So yeah, it was that. And then of course, like her clapping, like at Trump is a meme now. So oh yeah, that, that, yeah. So that's that—that's you know, at least we get some fun stuff out of the State of the Union address. I think the nicest moment for me um, was the whole um, the the happy birthday the whole, to like, the Jewish guy. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. <laughs> I was the woman um, part of the speech where he, oh yeah, yeah, um, where he mentioned that there's more women now in the workforce than ever before, and yeah, fifty eight percent, you know, he said, and exactly. all, yeah, and all the congresswomen got up to celebrate. I think it was a nice right. moment. Right, he said, yeah, because they were all like, "That's me." Right, but he said, <laughs> um, what he said was fifty eight percent of new jobs of all new jobs went to women. Right. Right. Um, um, So yeah, that was a, that was a really great, great moment, like in the speech. So um, Trump definitely, there are some actual issues that Trump um, got into. So let's go ahead and talk about some of those things. What were some um, issues that you um, heard um, in the speech that you thought were important or really something you want to highlight? So some of the things that he brought up that I would like to highlight are the opioid crisis and what um, what the work that they've done in that. The VA bill, um, farm bill, um, and well, within the farm bill, they've mentioned the death tax. I didn't know the farm bill um, had a death tax, but criminal justice reform was also something that was a bipartisan bill that was passed that was worked hard. Um, on by Jared Kushner. And he also mentioned paid family leave. 
And the very next sentence after he mentions the fact that we need paid family leave in this country, he mentioned the the new abortion um, laws in New York and Virginia that allow um, late term abortions. So right. that to me, those were really the the domestic policy issues that I found most important. All right, yeah. So then yeah. you mentioned the like the abortion mm-hmm. um, part, um, and it was, it was kind of funny because there's actually one part that I laughed at when he began to talk about the abort- abortion part. There was a camera like right above him, and he actually like looked up back up to the camera. At least it looked like he was looking up to the camera or to someone, and he like kind of like nodded and winked. And then he went back and started going in on, on the abortion topic. And, you know, he brought up the the bill in New York that allows for late-term abortions and um, the one in Virginia. And so I went and look, looked into the one in New York. Um, and if I remember correctly, the law in New York now allows for late-term abortions if the woman is, well, before uh, was if a woman um, health was in danger. That's was the like I think the only, um, only time she can get an abortion. The lo- new law that's come in makes it so that you can get an abortion if the fetus is not viable. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, all right, so if you have a late term abortion, you know, you, if you, if you're late term and you want an abortion, you can have one. There's still rules to having. It's not like a free fall like he was, kind of made it seem in the in the speech. Whereas just like, oh, well, I'm nine months along, I don't want it anymore, was, you know, let's get rid of it. It was it's more like it just added another stipulation that says, All right, so if a woman is in danger or the fetus isn't viable, a late term abortion is can be can be had. And an- another thing that was I, I thought that was of course Donald Trump went into like a maybe like a it seemed like a very long time spent on the wall. And one of the most interesting things about that is that you know the Democrats have said this wall is a is is morally wrong basically, and in the speech Trump says this is a moral issue, so a lot of people were saying like oh, the Democrats have made this like a moral thing now like a moral issue this thing is morally wrong, and then Trump comes and says this is a moral issue and he says it's a moral issue because um, he makes the claim that people are these illegals are coming in and committing crimes. So one third of the women who are crossing are sexually assaulted, um, cr- trying to get into the country. And that if we um, stop this, um, if we can stop the drugs coming over, if we, can, we can make the U.S. safer. That is why this is a moral issue, and he's sending uh, three thousand seven hundred fifty troops down there so it was kind of like you took a big portion of it to say like we need a border wall and this is why yeah so he he basically kind of met them on that whole moral thing and said yeah you're, you say it's morally wrong i'm saying that it's morally right and these are the reasons why right um and of course there there's and i went looking fat checks and suppose supposedly there's data that says that um immigrants legal and illegal commit crimes or no don't commit crimes are convicted of crimes uh, at a lower rate than American citizens are, um, which is a bit different than saying they commit less crimes. It's being convicted is two totally different things. But um, and supposedly the border cities are actually just as safe or safer than other cities in the United States as well. Uh, so there's still that debate raging of whether or not a wall or anything like that is good. Uh, I I think that 
if border patrol, the people who patrol the border say like, hey, we can do our job better if we have some sort of physical barrier here, I say, why not just go ahead and, and put it there? Right. They don't need it for like the whole like border. If right. they just need it for certain places to help them do their job better, I don't see any reason why not. Right. So yeah, that was one one thing that I saw. Of course, he talked about a lot of stuff like prescription drug prices, um, working on the infrastructure, the trade deals he's going into, the um, issues and and the talks with China that he's having. They're trying to reach an agreement about the the tariffs, the, the trading that's going between United States and China, uh, and basically that's a big deal because China likes to take American uh, intellectual property and make it their own. Um, and so there's a huge, um, kind of disadvantage there. And I do like the fact that Trump is trying to balance that, especially with the whole wanting us to pass a U.S. reciprocal trade act, which is basically would allow us when another country hits us with tariffs, we hit them with the same tariff, um, again. Hmm. One thing that didn't really, uh, the, you know, the whole investigation part wasn't, too hot thing for me and also the point where he said well in my opinion if um you know i wasn't president we would be at war with north korea right now that one was a bit like uh and you can tell people in the in the in the uh in, you know in the audience kind of were like uh too because you really didn't get applause for us this kind of smattering of claps yeah because it was just like yeah that's you know so yeah but um those are some interesting things i saw in in the um in the in the speech so many what were some interesting things that you saw well do you guys uh pretty much i said them all um like the abortion thing was something that i did find um fascinating um because i wasn't aware of of the legislation in in new york about the late time abortions mm-hmm. um but that was an interesting part because i've never seen the president address it at least me watching the state of the union i'm not sure if bush ever did um but it was fascinating to me because it's the first time i had seen that um being addressed in the state of the union um especially and this day and age, right. um, you know, people tend to be pro-life nowadays. So, I mean, I'm sorry. Pro-choice. Pro, pro-choice. Um, so it was fascinating to see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back from a word from our sponsors. All right, so we're back, uh, and we're going to talk about a little, go into a little bit more detail about a couple things uh, in the speech. And one of those, uh, of course, is um, border security, the border wall, which Trump made the um, defense of in his speech, saying that we're going to get that wall uh, one way or the other. But basically, the the spirit of what he was trying to say. Um, and so, I mean, when you look at the, at the border wall, like, like I said earlier, there is, you know, a lot of Democrats don't want the wall. They think it's morally wrong and that uh, there are other ways to protect the border. Uh, we should invest in new technologies and things like that. Trump wants the wall. Um, and so Daniel, uh, just want to pass on to you. What what are your thoughts on, on this? Well, um, you know, I just think that what worries me is that as Trump comes up with 
possibly good reasons for more border security. Um, all of those reasons are just being batted away. Um, like one of the things that Trump's appeal to at the end is, you know, let's run this country, let's let's compromise and let's get legislation passed. But there has not been any sort of compromise on the Democrat side for um, funding any sort of heightened border security that looks like a wall, um, regardless of whether or not it would be useful. Um, the Democrats have, um, have decided to say no to it, and because they said it is a moral issue, so they, they think it's immoral to have a wall because it, it symbolizes some sort of, um, maybe some sort of racial thing, um, but, you know, you can look at it that way, that Trump wants a wall to keep Mexicans out because he has something personally against Mexicans, which um, I don't I don't think I agree. I think it's um, his his view on the whole thing is um, I don't I guess I don't know how to really describe it. But um, my, my only point I wanted to make was that um, he brought up some good reasons that if you don't question um, where they came from, but just look at the facts that, like, um, I don't know if, if it was thousands, well, let's just say thousands of Americans each year are killed, or I don't know. I don't know how many, but he just said a, a number of Americans are killed each year by illegal um, immigrants, and if there is ever a way to reduce the amount of Americans being killed, I'm sure any politician would be interested in knowing how if there was any sort of easy solution. But, um, you know, so I just think that as far as his border wall appeal, um, Democrats really ought to just kind of see at least what are the good reasons for a wall. And, you know, if, if Trump has some good goals for the wall, um, well, basically, like if 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 he wants to, um, if there, if the if basically what you're trying to say is that if the wall uh, could help reduce some American deaths, you know, uh, whether how no matter how big or small that number is, perhaps it's something that we could look into. Yeah. Um, it that, yeah, that just because you know a wall for some reason you know, strikes your, like, hurts your sensibilities. If it is something that is effective um, at stopping people from crossing borders, and it is something that is effective, um, one thing that he, he did say uh, that I thought was, uh, you know, basically calling people out, he said, the wealthy and pol- wealthy politicians and their donors push for open borders while living their lives behind walls and gates and guards. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that stuff doesn't work, but it does. It keeps out you know, criminals and people you don't want coming into your home, into your house, and onto your property. Right. Um, I think that, I, I think in, in, in a way, I think that kind of uh, Trump kind of got himself in the situation by this association, or the Republican Party, I would say, with the association uh, of, of some type of barrier there with racism. That's because that's basically what the wall is to a lot of people. It's a symbol of Race, either racism or frivolous spending, and for most people, I think they equate it with racism. I think that, but they're fine with other types of security, which is kind of weird. They're fine with other types of security, 
uh, if you were to put something else to stop people from crossing the border, it'd be fine. But it just can't be a wall. It could be anything right. else but a wall. Um, so, yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from from that issue. Right. Another issue that I really was something that well, some people were saying we're lacking, at least a lot of Democrats, especially progressives and the Brian Mitzlis, were saying we're lacking from the speech was anything talking about climate change. Um, and the reason I'm talking about this is today, uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and some other uh, House representatives and people in Congress made a resolution to the House of Representatives uh, basically saying, like, here's the Green New Deal, here's why and reasons why we need it, and after we're going to talk about that more next week, but a lot of people said climate change is missing from this speech, and you know, Trump said in the speech, America's number one is the number one producer of oil and natural gas in the world now. Um, this first time in 65 years that we're actually a net exporter of energy um and for a lot of people you know a lot of democrats that was like all right that's cool and all but that oil and natural gas is actually going to harm us in the long run not help us because that's going to burning that's going to contribute to to climate change and this is kind of where you see like this divide between because you have some people who are like i don't believe in climate change i don't think that that's happening yeah people believe climate change is happening but it's not something that man is causing. It's just the natural progression of things. And then you have people who are like, this is man doing this. Climate change exists. What we can stop it. In my opinion, uh, I think we do need to move forward and looking at alternative sources of energy. Um, even if you discount climate change as being something that's not going to happen. Um, it's going to run out some run out of natural gas, we're going to run out of oil, of coal, we're going to run out of all that stuff. And if we wait until the last minute to try to switch um, our, all our infrastructure over to that, we're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to be in, a, in the pickle and a lot of bad things are going to happen. Yeah, I, you know, that's a valid point. You know, climate change is an important issue. Um, but to be honest, I feel like it hasn't been spoken about since even the Obama administration. I know that sounds crazy because we were part of the Paris Agreement. Mm. But I felt that many times, like during Obama's state of, like of the unions or or big moments as well, he never really mentioned the issue of climate change. Yeah, he did, like, like during his presidency. But in the State of the Unions, for the exception of a couple, um, wasn't really like the main focus of the State of the Union. Mm-hmm. If he did mention it, so I feel like as a whole, the country has failed in that sense. I, I, um, I give credit to the Democrats for actually caring about the issue, but in a way, many of those same Democrats haven't really been focused on the issue because they're too, Maybe. because they're too focused on like things like the Russia investigation and like how they get Trump impeached. And I feel that collectively, both the Democrats and the Republicans should start focusing on the issue um, rather than focusing on nonsense in terms of politics and how how can we get, um, how can we impeach this guy and, and, and all that nonsense. I think it's time for Congress to start like, focusing on things that really matter to this country. And yeah, our Republicans are a 
against it. Um, but if you can at least start convincing Americans or, or kind of spread the urgency to American citizens, then eventually like those lawmakers will give in and start to do, um, you know, start to take action yeah. for climate change. But, you know, I'm not giving the Democrats a pass either because um, they do bring it up every time they run for election. But it's been how many years now since we've been talking about climate change? And, and we had a, a Democratic uh, president at one point for about two years, and, and he had um, a Democrat Congress for his first two years, and they really didn't take action on climate change either. So I'm not giving them a pass. They made, okay. they made initiatives. That's where I think Tesla they, came from. Yeah, but initiatives are not actions. I can right now, like myself, like have a press conference about how bad climate change is, but me just having a press conference right. is not the same thing as me like taking action. So, well, I think they. I, I just think, wanted for both sides. Yeah, I I think they did like some investments, but I, I don't think that it was it's enough for where right, it, right. you know where things are headed. Um, and another thing I think that was really interesting, and this is I saw a, a tweet yesterday from uh, I, I think it was DefCon basically saying um, that United States. Russia and France that each um, that each of those countries had tested a nuclear weapon without the nuclear warhead, of course, but they had tested uh, like that uh, one. They had tested this type of weapon, and this is interesting because you know we just withdrawn from the intermediate range nuclear uh, forces treaty uh, with uh, Russia, uh, and I just want to get your guys' thoughts on on what you think about that and what you think that means for the future. Um, because, you know, Trump said Russia has not been applying, complying with this and stating, you say Russia has not been complying with this. Um, and that's why we were drawn. We're open to renegotiating another treaty, maybe adding some other people like China and, and other countries into this treaty. But if not, we're just going to go ahead without this. What do you guys think about that? I'll start with you, Manny. Yeah. I mean, it's concerning, right? Because, Every time we're talking about some sort of, you know, a nuclear test, it's concerning. Um, and it's something that is worrisome. But at the same time, in, in Trump's defense, I guess you can say a treaty like, really doesn't mean much, especially when it comes to Russia. Um, yeah, I feel like having a treaty because it, Russia doesn't follow the rules. So I can have 20 treaties where Russia... And they'll break all of them. So in Trump's defense, I guess what he's saying is that it doesn't really matter if we um, get out of the tree because they weren't following the rules the whole time. But it's concerning because like you do need some sort of uh, some sort of structure when it comes to that because you don't want countries like just sending nukes or doing nuclear tests by one another. Um, right. Yeah, because this it's is definitely really going to allow, like, a, just, you know, uh, basically another arms race in a way for building these nuclear uh, weapons because that's what the treaty was for. I think it limited the amount of nuclear weapons you could have or build. Uh, Daniel, what are your thoughts on the topic? As far as this um, 
missile thing is concerned. That's scary. This is scary. Uh, no one wants um, nuclear escalation. Um, uh, I would say this. I, I would really hesitate to look at this as a Trump issue. It's not. If you think about, I really, I really would disagree with anyone that think. I mean, I really would disagree with anyone that thinks this is just purely Trump pulling us out of this agreement. Like, no, then like you haven't been looking at this carefully. Russia has always been like uh, looking for excuses to to um, bend you know. The rules. To, break the rules bend the rules so this is more of an american issue versus russia versus you know in russia versus the west um so i don't know i don't know what to say i don't know what to think i don't feel like believing that uh that we can be at a at any point at any time um the nuclear arms race might explode spontaneously and we all die in an hour um like, uh, that's no fun. I think this is serious. Uh, I don't know where it's headed. I don't know uh, why Russia wants to test these things. I'm not sure what Russia's objectives uh, politically or geographically are. Um, I think their 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 focus is basically they're like, well, you know, you guys are. We need to basically be just as big and bad as you guys are. So. Um, we're gonna, you know, circumvent this treaty. We're gonna build or use interrange nuclear weapons, and we're going to basically say that just because you have NATO, uh, don't think that you're gonna one up us in this way. And and you know, also, I mean, hopefully we don't end up in like a second Cold War, but that right. may be where we're headed. But who knows? I don't know what Russia's like goal is. I, as somebody who's actually listened to the to the to the world um threats on i guess the the u.s intelligence agency is informing the u.s senate about what's going on around the world i recognize that russia is really uh, threatening the u.s geographically um and now politically especially when it comes to uh political propaganda that uh, really messes up u.s elections and China itself is also hacking into many um, systems. And so um, I guess uh, communication systems, and they also don't play fair when it comes to trading. So the right. first link arms um, uh, to be annoying to the US and if um, Russia is gonna end its treaty with the US or violate it and deny that it violated it so that it can think it's justified in its own eyes. Um, you know, that's not, that's going to be scary. I mean, especially if they somehow create a, a, a deal with China as far as a, a war pact. Uh, I just, I don't want to see any sort of um, global war in my, in my life. Um, I don't think any of us do. <laughs> but it's, we just have to keep that balance careful. Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely do going forward. And, and I'm glad that, you know, um, while there are things that I do disagree with President Trump on, that I do like the fact that, um, at, at least with China, that he's confronting them head on when it comes to trade. 
and that um, you know he's not uh, completely soft when it comes to Russia by pulling out from you know this you know disagreement, saying that hey, if you guys aren't going to follow the we um, aren't going to like sit here and fall behind. But at the same time, the you know this could lead to something bigger. It could not. Who knows? So hopefully, they find a way to to you know go forward and and without becoming something bigger than this yeah. maybe they can renegotiate a, another treaty so yeah so i think those are like you know some big points in the state of the union i mean there's probably a lot more we can say but i think that's all the time um we have for today so uh, i want to uh, thank you daniel and manny for uh, joining uh, me today uh you can uh join us and follow uh the news and the conversations you have on twitter um, you can follow. You can follow us at Couch Politics. That is at Couch Politics on Twitter. And uh, if you guys like the podcast, please uh, leave a review. Let us know what you think about it. Give us a rating. Uh, with the, uh, on iTunes, if you listen to iTunes or Google Podcasts. So I want to thank you all for listening, and have a, a good week. This is episode four of Couch Politics. <laughs>